Hello family, you are tuned into Divine Discourse with Pastor David Spencer and I am excited, humbled really, that you have chosen to spend this time with me. Let the discourse begin. well with my soul come on can we give God a praise right there if it's well with your soul it doesn't matter what's going on in the world it's well with my soul let us pray God we thank you for this opportunity God just to sit at your feet God and God we ask God that you continue to move how you want to move God say what you want to say God you increase God decrease me move me out of the way God you have your way in this place God continue to move God touch our hearts God continue to be a reminder God that regardless of the chaos that we are seeing in the world God that you are still in control God and you are still in charge and we love you God and it is well my my it's well in my soul God we love you and we adore you in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. I um, do want to give honor to God, who is the head of my life, um, to the leadership of this house. Thank you um, for giving me this opportunity. And to everyone that's in attendance, it's good to see you on this morning. Thank each and every, every one of you. You could have been anywhere in all of America, but you chose to come to First Baptist on this morning. And we are appreciative of your presence. Um, let's give these babies one more hand. Yeah. They be singing, they be, they be singing, not just singing, even the scriptures, um, getting up and reciting um, scriptures like that isn't, isn't an easy task. I still struggle with it. I have my notes and uh, I, I'll turn and look on and make sure I'm saying it right. But these babies are doing an excellent um, um, work on this morning. Um, there is a word from the Lord for those of you that have your Bibles. If you can join me um, in Judges 7. Judges 7, and we're going to be starting at verse 2. Judges 7, verse 2. And it reads, And the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver the, Midian, the Midianites into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go, he shall not go. So Gideon took the man down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate these who lap the water with their tongues as dogs, and as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cup hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. 
For a subject today, I'm going to be speaking to you from God will use the few to bless the many. God will use the few to bless the many. And this is going to be part one of a series um, I want to do called Lessons Learned on the Playground. As children, we learn how to take initiative, make decisions, and solve problems on the playground. While playing, children develop social and communication skills as they learn to work together, negotiate, and compromise. These skills that we learn on the playground serve us throughout our entire life. And I want to ask these kids, do you play on the playground at school? Yeah, some of you do. Some of them say yeah. And so you're learning some skills there that's going to serve you for the rest of your life. And so this is part one. God will use the few to bless the many. We were introduced to the art of picking teams at an early age, usually in gym class or on the playground. First two captains are chosen. And you know, being named team captain is quite the honor. However, with this great responsibility, comes um, 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 some difficulty. You got to make sure um, it's your responsibility to, to assemble a team that you believe can win and help you find success. The team captain must examine every player's ability, their strength, and their attitude to decide if the individuals can pull their resources and work together to achieve a common goal. One by one, each captain selects a player until his or her team is selected. Then those two teams compete against one another. If you don't have the right team, it can cost you the game. One person in the wrong position can throw everybody off. One person in the wrong position can stunt productivity. One person in the wrong position can bring progress to a halt. Who you put on your team is critical to your success. You cannot win without the right team. Years ago, as I prepared to move to Ohio um, to take my first leadership role um, with the group, um, newspaper group Civitas Media, um, I met with my regional publisher and he told me, David, you are only as strong as the team you build around you. Your ability got you to this point, but now your success will depend heavily on the ability of the people around you you. And in this moment, he, were, he reminded me of this lesson that I learned on the playground. You have to choose your team wisely. And this brings me to the text. Gideon and the Israelites have been terrorized by the Midianites for over seven years, and now they are crying out to the Lord for help. And the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and he says, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. The Lord says, go with strength you have and you are going to rescue Israel. He says, I am sending you. I will be with you and you will destroy them. 
And after asking God to show him some signs, Gideon finally believed that the Lord was with them and he had been chosen to be the team's captain. And just like many of us that have done this many times before on the playground, he began his selection process. And doing so, he selected 32,000 men to be in his army. He chose 32,000 men to be on his team. And the first thing I want you to note here is that the only thing that was wrong with Gideon's plan is that it wasn't God's plan. I'm going to say that again. The only thing that was really wrong with the plan is that it wasn't God's plan. Your plan has to align with the will of God. We all have an opinion. We all have a perspective. We all have an idea about how to get the job done in this next season. There is nothing wrong with getting 32,000 men to go to battle. But God said, that is not how I want to do it. And so there lies the problem. It's not the 32,000. It's that God didn't tell him to do it that way. And now he assessed the situation. He developed a plan based on his experience, his education, and his training. He was a man of war, so he, he knew what he, what he needed to get the job done. And just like Gideon, we are supposed to bring all of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our ability to the table to help formulate the plan. But as believers... After we assess the situation and formulate a plan, we have to take a moment and stop and pray and consult God about what it is he wants us to do in this season. Listen, the plan may look good. It may feel like the right thing to do. It may feel like the right thing to do in that moment. It may accomplish what it's supposed to do. But listen, if it's not God's plan... It's not the right plan. And just like on the playground, you may have been the team captain, but somewhere out there, there was a teacher, and she's watching, he's watching from the distance. And if things get out of control, you find out quickly if you start moving um, in a direction they don't want you to go, you find out that even though you had some authority as the team captain, there is an ultimate authority that's there on the playground with you. The teacher will step in and say, you need to do this another way. And that is what God did here. He steps in and he tells Gideon, you have too many with you. If I allow 32,000 to beat this army like this, you would think it's because of your own strength, your own ability, your own power, your own degrees, your own experience, your own education. You would think it's because of your own ability that you found victory. And if you take 32,000 men with you, you will believe that you saved yourselves. And so God couldn't have that. And the second thing I need you to see here is that after you formulate this plan, you got to submit your plan to God. And after you submit this plan to God, he will give you help. 
You submit the plan, you formulate it, and now he will give you help. After you write the plan, ask God to breathe on it. Ask God, what do you think about my next move? If we have a little talk with Jesus and we tell him about our troubles, the hymn writer reminds us that he will hear our faintest cry and he will answer by and by. Now that's the real benefit of serving a living God. When you ask him a question, he will answer. And as the team captain, don't be afraid to ask God how he feels about my choices. How do you feel about the team that I put together? How do you feel about my vision? How do you feel about my plan? If you give your plan to God, I'm here to tell you that he will give you help. Now, God, he answers and instructs Gideon to tell the soldiers, whoever is timid and afraid, you may leave, you may go home. And hearing that, 22,000 said, I got to go. We are afraid. 22,000 said, we were slaves for seven years and we, it wasn't that bad. And so they became complacent and they said, we don't want to fight for our freedom. We're going back to the house. 22,000 showed up because they were asked to, but they didn't really believe in the plan. They didn't really believe in the vision. So God said they got to go. Stop forcing people to stay when they really want to leave. When people leave you where you are, don't force them to stay. You keep doing the work and do what God told you to do. Don't force them to stay when they have decided in their hearts and in their minds that they are ready to leave. If you give, if you give that plan, if you, if you say, God, work this plan out, God will show you who cannot go with you. And so at this point, um, God, Gideon looks at the situation, and again, he looks at his experience. He looks at his education, and he, he, he points to his war training. And even though the plan has changed at this point, he still believes I can make it work with the 10,000 men that, that are not afraid, that are left. They are not fearful, and even though I wanted that 32,000, I think I can make it work with the 10,000 that's left. But God, he saw it differently. God said, guess what? You still have too many men. So he instructed Gideon to take the man to the stream and let's have a drink. Some of the men kneeled down and drank with their mouths from the stream, which meant they couldn't see anything that was past, um, that wasn't in front of them. The they, only thing they could see is the water and what they wanted in that moment. It also means that they were more concerned about staying clean. They didn't want to get their clothes dirty, so they made sure they didn't get in the water and put nothing in the water. They, they got down there and it was really pretty about drinking the water. And out of the 10,000 men, there was 300, only 300 that cupped the water in their hands and lapped it like a dog with their tongues. The 300 were able to keep watch while they were drinking. And for me, this meant that they were not only concerned about what they needed in this moment, they understood that they had a responsibility to look out for everybody else. They knew they had to keep Watch on the enemy. And even though they were there drinking, I still have to see the needs of everybody else. When you are formulating a plan, you need people that don't only think about their 
their needs and what they want. You need men and women of God who are concerned about the needs of everybody else. So God instructs Gideon to keep those 300 and dismiss everybody else. And finally, the last point I want to make today is God's plan leads to victory. And really, it leads to a perfect victory. It leads to, it's perfect because this is the way God wanted to do it. And so when you are obedient to God the way he wants to do it, it leads to victory. God declares, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is seated high and he is looking down low. So he has a different perspective because of where he is seated. He sees things differently than we do on the ground. I like to watch war movies and documentaries that discuss different um, battles and, and um, um, conflicts. But I'm no expert, but I can reasonably deduct um, that if Gideon would have took 32,000 men, there would have been some casualties. In my mind, he may have won the battle, but he would, to have, he would have had to pay a cost. If Gideon leaned to his own understanding, I believe some of the men that went to battle would have paid with their lives. If he relied solely on his strength, his power, and his ability, they may have won, but there would have been unnecessary sacrifices and delays in obtaining victory. Now, when you go home and they ask you, what did the preacher talk about today? I want you to tell them God will use the few to bless the many. Listen, as you're, as you're having your dinner today, I need you to tell them, I need you to remember when they ask you how was service, say, Minister David told us, God will use the few to bless the many. If you're looking for something to post on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, you tell them the preacher said today, God will bless the few. He will use the few to bless the many. During this week, when you're talking to your coworkers, when you're walking down the store, speaking to your neighbors, and they ask you, how was service at First Baptist on Sunday? You include this in your response. God will use the few to bless the many. And watch this. Even though there was only 300 that fought the battle, the entire nation got the victory. Even though it was only 300 that did all of the work, the entire nation of Israel walked away with the win. Even though it was 300 that did the work, everybody benefited from their effort. Thousands left, but because the work of 300, everyone's life changed for the better. Listen, the Bible says, do not be weary in your well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap. And we means everybody that's connected to you. We all going to reap from the work that you do. Your obedience is to do God's plan. And listen, and when you're obedient, it's not only for your benefit. It's for the benefit. 
benefit of everybody. Listen, when we obey God's plan, lives will be changed. When we obey God's plan, families will reunite and come back together. When we do it God's way, our community will flourish. When we obey God's plan, First Baptist will be the church that God established it to be. But you got to make a conscious decision to obey what God says and do it the way that God wants you to do it. It's not about you or me. It's not about us and them. It's not my way or your way, our agenda or their agenda. Our agenda has to line up with God's will and God's plan for our lives. Now, just like the Israelites, First Baptist, you are standing at the crossroad of who you have been and who you are destined to become. You're standing at the intersection of your past and you're ready to move forward into the future. On one side is who you have been and on the other is who you are destined to become. And listen, this next iteration of First Baptist is going to blow your mind. Greater is on the way. But as we navigate this moment, as we begin to develop the plan, as we begin to have these meetings and say, what is it, God, you want us to do? Remember, everybody can't go with you. And some just don't want to go. And if they don't want to stay, let them go. God has a plan. And listen, just like he used the 300 to bless everybody, God said, I can use the few to bless everybody that's connected to you. God will use the few to bless the many. Listen, it doesn't take a a, a crowd to get the job done. God says, bring your education, bring your experience, bring your ability and lay it at my feet. And as long as I'm a part of the effort, you're going to make it. You're going to get to where God wants you to go. Do you believe that on this morning? Listen, do you believe that God has a plan for your life? Do you believe that God has a plan for this church? Do you believe that God has a plan for First Baptist? You are going to make it and your next season is going to be greater than your former. And all you got to do is say, God, here I am. I'm ready to do the work. God, here I am. Send me. I'm ready to go. God, here I am. I hear what you're telling me to do. I'm going to be obedient. And do what you told me to do. I have my my own mind. I have my thoughts about what needs to happen. But God, I surrender the process and the plan. I give the process and the plan to you. And I want you to have your way in my life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Remember, you tell them. The preacher said, God will use the few to bless the many. Hey family, thank you for tuning in to Divine Discourse with Pastor David Spencer. I hope it was time well spent and that something was said that touched your life. Until we meet again, I speak blessings over you, your family, and everyone connected to you. Be blessed.